What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Niners Nation Instant Reaction Podcast. I am Rob Stats Carrera. I'll be here with you for the next 40, 45 minutes or so. Talking about everything that happened in the final preseason game of the year. I'm also going to be joined by Kyle Posey from Niners Nation and Michelle Majuk is going to stop by from NFL Network and Niners Nation as well. We're going to talk about everything we saw. I just want to remind you, if you haven't done it yet, please subscribe to the Niners Nation Podcast Network. Subscribe, obviously, to this YouTube channel as well. We're going to be doing a ton of video content and stuff throughout the year, so you definitely want to subscribe to check that out. Second thing. This is going to be an interactive show. We want to hear your questions. So if you've got any questions, comments, drop them in. We'll love to respond to them. Uh, If you like what we're saying, hate what we're saying, just want to talk, whatever. Any questions about anything, we want this to be kind of an informal, interactive type of thing. So please feel free to drop those in at any time. Uh, In terms of the game tonight, I mean, the first thought I had was, this looked as close to what I think we're going to see in the regular season from the 49ers as anything we've seen so far. I mean, with the with the boot action plays, with the ground game just tearing people up, we actually had the starting offensive line in there, which was nice to see Trent Williams back. Alex Mack was in there. So we had the starting offensive line in there, and they're going to maul people. Like, I think the 49ers are going to absolutely maul people, regardless of the quarterback, and we'll get into that because that has the potential to just absolutely – be the story of the day. Like, I think that's going to be the story of the day tomorrow on the national football shows is going to be, oh my God, the 49ers are going to be rotating their quarterbacks. I cannot believe this. Can it really work? Is it a good idea? I think that is going to set the tone nationally is what the 49ers are doing with their quarterbacks. We'll get to all that, of course. We're going to get to the wide receiver situation, which is a little interesting now because Travis Benjamin uh, had a concussion. And he had to leave the game, and he was officially diagnosed with a concussion. So that's a factor. Kyle was clearly trying to get the ball to Jalen Hurd, a thousand percent. Like they featured him early and often. Um, he didn't really blow me away. So we'll talk about that as well. The safety situation was interesting. You had veteran guys and young guys in there all night rotating and kind of playing deep into the game. I don't know that that spot for sure belongs to Jaquiski Tart. So we're going to get to that. Uh, It's going to be a great show. So, again, please drop us your question, and uh, we're happy to answer them. Let's check early on. Oh, yes, I agree. This question from Hindi? Sorry, I don't know the name. I apologize. Ambry Thomas, what the bleep was that duck and cover move? Uh, If you didn't see the game, there was a play where the Raiders were in the red zone, and they did a short completion to, I think it was a tight end, and he breaks to the outside to try and score. And Ambry Thomas is there, and he decides – He makes a business decision, basically. He's just going to try and cut the tight end down, except he basically whiffs and actually ends up stopping other 49ers teammates from getting to the ball carrier, and he goes in for the score. It was ugly. It has not been a good preseason for Ambry Thomas by any stretch of the imagination. He's lucky that Diamador Lenore is playing great, and so that's kind of taken the spotlight off of him. But you're right. He has not been good, and he certainly wasn't good on that play. Here we go. 49er fangirl in Portland. I'm super angry that they replaced the game with the Cowboys game in the Northwest. Yeah, I was seeing that on Twitter. Just full disclosure, I'm in Connecticut, actually. Uh, So I was seeing that on Twitter, and then I started getting nervous. Like, are they about to switch this game? My game did not change. I got the whole game on NFL Network, but I did hear that a lot of people say that all of a sudden, bloop, 
the game just switched off to the uh, different game. So I'm sorry about that. Uh, what can I say? The NFL is not exactly generous with some of the stuff they do from a broadcasting perspective. All right. Let me get to the quarterback stuff because Kyle Posey is going to join us in a few minutes. And uh, we're going to I'm obviously going to want to talk about all that with him as well. The rotation of the quarterbacks. I want to say first, I'll tell you what I thought about this game. And then in general, I'll get to my thoughts. Like they committed to it in this game. I think Trey Lance was in like the third snap or something like that. It wasn't just red zone. Like he was coming in from the sideline. And the thing that I did like that they mentioned in the broadcast is that the quarterback that's coming in already has been told to play on the sidelines. So he can come right in and continue the tempo. He doesn't have to then come in, listen in his helmet, then figure out, okay, let me relay the play in the huddle, then go up to the line, make the cadence, and then, no, they can keep the speed going because he already knows the play, which I think could be handy in a special, you know, in certain stadiums, especially if you're going to be doing that. Like, it's hard to rotate your quarterbacks in Seattle on the road, but if the guy coming in already knows the play, that might make it easier. So I I like that they've put that much thought into it. That was good to see. Um, Trey Lance, basically, every time he was in, handed the ball off almost every time. Early in the game, it was all runs, and it was all handoffs. He was not keeping the ball himself, which I liked. They didn't want to expose him to some hits. But there were multiple, multiple plays where Trey handed it off to the running back, but if you looked, the backside of the play was wide open. And I'm talking like wide open, like if Trey kept the ball, he could have run for 10, 20, 30 yards. That's how open it was. And I think he was kind of told like, hey, just hand it off. Um, I, I still think Kyle was trying to keep him from taking too many hits. Uh, this quite this comment from Kaleo, I'm excited to see the potential of the running game with Trey in there. Yeah, It's there. You could see it like he's going to put defenses in a box. And we really saw that in the red zone when when Trey came in and got his rushing touchdown. That was, in my notes, I had scribbled down like the perfect play for Kyle Shanahan. That's exactly how he wants his offense to be. He wants positionless football. So if you remember on that play, Trey Lance takes the snap in the shotgun. Jalen Hurd's coming around the edge. He fakes it to Jalen Hurd. So that's one fake that's going to freeze the linebackers. Then Trey faked it to the running back. I can't remember who. I think it was Trey Sermon. And then he keeps the ball for himself, and he runs into the end zone untouched because the defenders have been absolutely frozen by both of those fakes, and Trey is so fast, he zips around the edge, and he gets into the end zone untouched. Like, that is Kyle's dream scenario. It's exactly what he wants, and it works perfectly. Uh, This question from Jeremy Can they both have working headsets, the two quarterbacks? No, not if they're in the game at the same time, I believe. I believe only one player can have the headset in the game at the time. Now, if Jimmy goes out, obviously Trey can have a working headset, but I'm pretty sure the rule is one headset on the field at a time. Um, As a passer, because Trey eventually got in there and uh, Jimmy's night was done after a couple possessions, and then Trey got in there consistently. As a passer, he's still missing some easy throws. There, His ball placement is not great. I'm just going to say that objectively. And look, I if anybody has been following what I've been saying, I've been a hardcore star Trey Lance from day one. He's the guy. That has been my position always, and it still is. But I have to say, like he is going to have to go through some Josh Allen-like development to get to where he needs to be. There was one play on a third down where Kyle set up a slant for him, and he threw it so high the receiver couldn't – if he got a hand on it, it was just barely. Like, 
and there was nobody around him. There was no pressure in the pocket like that. An NFL starting quarterback, especially the guy you hope Trey Lance develops into, hits that every single time. Every time. And Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't hit that every time either. I'll say that. But Lance has got to get better at that. Has to absolutely get better at that. What is this question? Aaron Christian Burnman says, your buddy Sim says Lance isn't very fast in the NFL trying to vindicate himself. He didn't say that to me. Uh, by the way, if anybody doesn't know, yes, Chris is my friend. Uh, we worked at NBC Sports on Pro Football Talk Live for years. Uh, he didn't. I talked to him when Trey was picked. He didn't say Trey Lance isn't very fast to me. He is very fast, by the way. He's absolutely very fast. Um, so I don't know. If maybe he said that on a podcast. I'm not sure. But we actually saw Lance take off and run a couple times in this game, and it just looks so easy for him. It looks so easy. There were so many – I shouldn't say so many. There were a few plays, especially in the two-minute drill that Lance was running right before the half, which really impressed me, by the way. I was definitely loving the fact that we got to see him do it because if you remember – he didn't do it that much in college because they were always kicking everybody's ass. So they didn't have to really worry about the two-minute drill. But to see him in the NFL, he came in especially today. I think there was like a minute and change left. The Niners had all their timeouts, and he goes down the field. He drops back to pass, and if there's pressure, he doesn't freak out like Jimmy Garoppolo and get happy feet and like throw the ball away. He rolls out, extends the play, and he actually ended up picking up, I think, two or three yards on a couple of scrambles or he throws the ball away, it was just no panic. It was just, okay, is the play here? There's pressure. Let me extend, keep looking, and okay, maybe I'll try and pick up a few yards. I'll get out of bounds, which, by the way, is key too, or he'll throw it away. Like, there was no negative plays. That was the biggest thing. It's so hard in a two-minute drill. You get one penalty. You get one loss. It really sets you back. But with Lance in there today, he was fantastic. He handled it perfectly. They got all the way down. And I believe they kicked the field goal with two seconds left in the half. Like, that is absolutely perfect clock management there by Trey Lance. This question comes from Ray. How comfortable did Jimmy G look in the pocket? As comfortable or more comfortable than he's looked all preseason? Still not super comfortable. Um, But I think Jimmy looked the best he's looked in the preseason tonight, to be fair. Um he still missed some a couple of throws, but I thought he just generally looked more comfortable. He had a couple of good throws on some passes outside the hashes, which is pretty rare for him. Um, you, especially last year, I feel like they never even called him those passes for him. So he looked better for sure. Um, I still think that Trey should be the starter, but Jimmy was four of seven for 64 yards, also had the rushing touchdown, which by the way, I mean, if you're Jimmy Garoppolo, right, you're doing everything you can to hang on to your spot with the 49ers, you get on the goal line in the first touchdown drive of the game. It's a play-action boot, and he just decides, screw it. I'm tucking it, and I'm running this thing in. And he does, and he puts his head down right at the goal line and dives into the end zone, took a big hit, and look, he was obviously okay. They scored. Everything was happy. I'm stunned, stunned that Garoppolo put himself in that kind of danger, right? Because if you're Jimmy Garoppolo – And you go out and you get injured Uh, and Trey Lance comes in and he starts kicking butt like you're not getting your spot back because Kyle's not going to go from Trey Lance doing everything right, kicking butt. And then all of a sudden, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo is back healthy now and we're going to put Jimmy back in the game. So I was surprised to see him take that risk because if he got hurt, that could have been the end of Jimmy Garoppolo's career with the 49ers. So it was interesting. But uh, Jimmy 
actually was exposed a couple of times. He had a QB sneak later in the game where he took an, another shot. He's so good at those QB sneaks. I have to give him credit. If I can give Jimmy Garoppolo credit for anything, damn with the QB sneaks. He's pretty good. Um, but that was the most comfortable that Jimmy looked for sure. I thought the broadcasters, and I get it, it's Papa, it's Tim Ryan, and they work for the 49ers, but they were going on and on about how gracious Jimmy Garoppolo is and how nice it was that he wasn't getting too mad about the fact that they were rotating quarterbacks. And I was going to let Kyle Posey say this, but he's taking care of a couple of things before he hops in with us. He tweeted out, and he's right, like, Jimmy doesn't have a choice. What's he going to say? No, I'm not coming out of the game. Like, Kyle tells him to go in, he goes in. Kyle tells him to, to go out. He goes out. So, like, he doesn't really have a choice. I don't know why they were – well, I know why they were throwing the bouquets at him because they're trying to make nice they work for the team. But, I mean, really, Jimmy doesn't have a choice. And if he refused to participate in that kind of a system, then they would probably just cut him or bench him or move on. All right, let me bring in Levin Black, my co-host on the Gold Standard Podcast. What's up, Levin? Not much. Pretty good game. Thanks for hopping in the uh, the stream here with me. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. So I was just talking quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance. Were you surprised that Jimmy stuck that ball in the end zone when he ran it in and took a big shot at the goal line? Because I was just saying, like, if he gets hurt, that could be the end of him with the 49ers. Because if Trey came in and took off, like, that was going to be it for Jimmy. But he risked it, and he stuck it in the end zone. You can't play scared. I mean, if, if he sits out there and hesitates and doesn't get everything he can – uh, is capable of getting, then he's going to lose the starting job anyways. Like, you, you got to do all that you can. The job, I think, is very close. I think they, uh, honestly, I think they look pretty equal. I think you, in that case, I would go with Trey. Doesn't seem like Kyle's going that way. But if you're Jimmy, you got to do everything you can. I love this comment from Aaron. As soon as you joined. Ah, Levin Black, the human wet blanket. Nice to see you. Aaron, A-plus by you. Although I have to say, so far, you're pretty positive. So I I, I can't call you a wet blanket right now. <laughs> well, uh, wait until we get to some of the other topics. I'm sure I won't stay positive. All right. Well, what did you think of Lance? Because what I said was, you know, he handed the ball off a lot when they were rotating in with Jimmy. But then once it was his show, he he does not have the greatest ball placement, man. Like, he is pretty inaccurate on some passes that he should really nail. Yeah, it's pretty much been the same thing, I think, all three preseason games. He looked a little bit more polished in two and three than he did one, but I yes. I kind of chalked that up to jitters of his first game. But really, it's somebody that flashes phenomenal talent. His athletic ability obviously shows up, but so does his inconsistency with accuracy, which would yep. have to be very frustrating for Kyle, but that's not to say that Jimmy doesn't also demonstrate that sometimes too. That's fair. Uh, Josh Lawrence says, agreed, I feel like he needs more reps for sure. And we all knew that. Uh, That's part of the reason why I want him to start is that so he gets those reps. Um, But I did say, too, the touchdown that Trey Lance ran in, like that's Kyle's dream offense, right? Jalen Hurd comes around. They fake to him. They fake to Sermon. Lance keeps it and runs it in untouched. Like that is exactly, you know, the visions that Kyle was having in his head before the draft when he was dreaming of getting a mobile quarterback. Yeah, but at the same time, uh, Kyle needs to pick. Like th- this whole two quarterback thing is not going to work. It has never worked in the NFL. It, going like it's different if they have very clearly defined roles. Like, okay, if you get in the red zone, Trey's going to take over, which I still d- wouldn't understand. We've talked about that on our own podcast that if you can do it in the red zone, you can do it everywhere. But yep. 
if it's a clearly defined role, that's a little different. But he was subbing them in and out, you know, each play. It was crazy. You you can't do that. You know, I've said this on our podcast too. Like sometimes announcers like to say, oh, so-and-so is a rhythm quarterback. Every single quarterback in the NFL, in college football is a rhythm quarterback. It takes time. You have to get comfortable. You, you tend to settle into a game. Everybody is that way. Aaron Rodgers is still that way. Tom Brady is still that way. Everybody is that way. And that's why a two quarterback system doesn't work if it's constantly subbing out. If, if it's just Trey Lance coming in every so often to maybe run an option play or a play action that everybody thought was going to be the run and then suddenly he can pass, Right. That, that's different if it's just a couple of plays a game. But what we've seen, especially in this preseason game, I don't like, and I don't think it's going to succeed. And I think it is really mind-bogglingly questionable and frustrating that Kyle thinks he can do it. So we ran a poll at NN Podcast, the Niners Nation Podcast Twitter handle. Do you think alternating quarterbacks is in a true two-quarterback manner can work in the NFL? The votes are in. 59% of the voters say no. They don't think it could work, which I'm surprised at because, I mean, for this game, Levin, it was successful. Like, it worked for the 49ers. So I would think that people would kind of, like, be a little bit biased. Hey, we just saw it work. And plus, you know... You got the adrenaline going, the good vibes are going, they're kicking butt in the game. But no, people seem skeptical like you and me. Well, I think everybody knows there's a huge caveat to this game. And it's the it's the Raiders who have one of the, I would consider, worst defenses in the league. And yeah. it was mostly their backups on top of that, you know, right from the start. They didn't play too many of their starters on defense. So, like, of course it's going to succeed in this game. This isn't a real game. It's not a game with all the pressure on the line. It's not a game where the crowd, you know, is truly getting into it. And you, you got to wonder what happened. I, I, I think the biggest issue is when, when there's a negative play yeah. and then you immediately get subbed out. It's really hard <laughs> to come back from that. And, you know, if Kyle is doing a true quarterback system, if there's a play, we've seen him get frustrated on the sidelines. If he thinks, OK, that guy just pissed me off. I'm going to take him out for a couple of plays. <laughs> That's not going to work. And you, you don't get to recover when, when that happens. So I, I just don't understand what he thinks is going to happen. And it's really going to show its true colors when there's negative plays out there. In his mind, there will never be any negative plays. Yeah. It's just going to keep working. Um, All right, let's go beyond the quarterbacks. We're getting a lot of questions about the wide receiver stuff. Um, I'll just throw this one up. Noel Gallagher is God, says, does Hurd make the 53-man roster after today? And I mentioned it when I started they clearly wanted to feature Jalen Hurd in this game. He got the ball early. He got the ball often. He did nothing to impress me at all, Eleven, Like Kyle Shanahan said before this game, if Hurd's healthy, I know for a fact he's one of our six most talented wide receivers and he's making the team. And I'm looking at him today. There was one play where he didn't even know where to line up. He had no clue. He's dropping passes that Lance is putting right on the money. Like, what is this fascination with Jalen Hurd? Because I'm not seeing it. I think it was a very mixed bag. He was consistently getting open, both down the field and uh, on the short yardage things. I, I can see the potential there, but it truly was a mixed bag because you had the drops like you mentioned. There's no reason for him to be lining up wrong, even though he's been injured so much. He's been around. He should know the system pretty darn well. And if I'm being honest, one of the things that really bothered me was his body language. And I don't know if that's just him and it doesn't come out well, but it almost reminded me of Dante Pettis body language where he seems like a guy (laughs) who's in his own head. And he thinks like, this is my only chance. I got to do something with it. 
You know what I mean? Like, it just seemed like after every play, his head was down. I didn't like his body language. He wasn't energetic. Like I said, maybe that's just him and Kyle knows different, but just from watching it on TV, I really didn't like the body language. And you top that off with the mixed bag. It's questionable. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see what was so overwhelming that they're willing to wait. Don't forget, this is year three for Jalen Hurd. He's had two major injuries. This is year three, and Kyle's just kind of like handing him a spot, like, here you go. I was amazed. Uh, the official numbers, by the way, four catches, 25 yards. He had two drops, and he also had one carry for two yards. Yeah, I just, okay, like – and maybe I'm putting too much on the guy because there was a lot of buildup. You know, he was hurt earlier this preseason, so we didn't get to see it. So I was, you know, expecting him to, like, go nuts. But, like, Trent Sherfield immediately got in the game this preseason, and we are hearing all these good things about him. And the first thing he does is catch an 80-yard bomb for a touchdown from Lance. Like, he didn't have any trouble living up to the expectations. I don't know. I, I think the question becomes, who are you going to keep in favor of Hurt? And what would they contribute? Now, one thing that... M- kind of was head scratching to me. I didn't really see Jalen Hurd contributing to special teams. And if he's going to be towards the end of the depth chart, you would think he has to contribute on special teams. But that that really is the question to me. Who are you going to keep that would be more worthwhile than Hurd? And to me, that's why I think he probably does get kept. It's because if you're looking at your fifth and sixth string wide receivers, if one of them can at least consistently get open as a wide receiver, if you need to use him, I mean, that, that's all you can ask for. So it, if that's the case, then I, I think he's probably going to be kept. I really wonder how far down he is on that depth chart, though, because he wasn't in special teams. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, Nick Ellert says, Hurd and Jennings' ability to do gadget stuff makes them valuable and lets Debo just be a wide receiver more often, which might be true, but I think like part of Debo's value is all the gadget stuff. If you take Debo as a pure wide receiver, and thanks for the question, Nick, He's okay, but he doesn't, like, blow my doors off. It's the fact that he can be a a decent wide receiver and do all the gadget stuff that really gives him value. Yeah. I mean, you're taking away what is most valuable about Debo. What's most valuable about him is after the catch and the gadget plays get the ball in his hands. I mean, he had those runs in the Super Bowl. He's had screen passes turn into big gains. That is what he is and what makes him – a quality wide receiver, if you make him just a wide receiver, you're getting a somewhat limited wide receiver. He's good on short routes, and that's about it. He is not very good getting down the field. That doesn't mean he can't sometimes find success on a post route or something like that, but you are you are getting somebody that is dynamite after he has the ball in his hands, so you want him getting the ball in his hands. And the easiest way to do that is to do it behind the line of scrimmage on end rounds and screen passes. Jennings had a drop also in this game. Uh, I can't find the question now. I apologize as I'm scrolling through. There are so many coming in. By the way, keep them coming. If you have a question, drop it in. We'll try to answer as many as we can. Did you put the drops more on the receivers tonight or on Lance? Because I actually thought I saw Lance not throw some fastballs that were still dropped. It's always on the wide receivers if it's catchable. You know, if it just barely hits their fingertips and they're fully outstretched for it, I don't put that on a wide receiver. Yeah. But if it hits both their hands and some of these drops were more than just hitting both their hands, they were, you know, coming right into their chest. That's 100% on the wide receivers. And quite honestly, that to me is the biggest negative going into the season. These wide receivers, every single one of them is doing it. I don't know what they're doing in practice. (laughs) Like Wes Welker, get them out of there. 
throwing the passes. Get the jugs machine and turn it all the way up and yeah. break some fingers so that they can catch the dang ball because they clearly are not adjusted to Trey Lance's speed of, of throws. Yeah. And they're dropping other ones too. So it is a very big issue. It, they're drive killers when it happens and potentially turnovers when it happens. Like that needs to be fixed. Yeah. And like I said, it, it's not just the guys at the bottom of the list. You know, it's not just Hurd and Jennings. We've seen it out of Ayuk and others. Yeah, we have seen it on Ayuk. No Ayuk today. He's a little banged up. Uh, hopefully that's nothing serious, but with the Niners, you never know. How about this question from Julian? And this kind of transitions us into the running backs. Um, Julian Tandy, any chance we only keep five wide receivers if we keep Elijah Mitchell as a fifth running back for special teams? I will say, Levin, I mean, first play of the game, opening kickoff, Elijah Mitchell flying down the field, makes a tackle. I think it was either the a punt return or the next kickoff. He made the tackle again. He actually had a kick return himself, which he had never done in college, and he had a great kick return. I forget how long it was. Let me look it up real quick. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, 45 yards, and he looked really good on special teams. Like He had some questionable mental plays in the game, but he's trying to show his value. The only way Mitchell makes his team is if he has such great special teams value. He had a good special teams game. He had, in my opinion, a horrible running back game because he only played, what, a quarter, quarter and a half in terms of actually being in the game. And in that time, he had two really bad mental errors. He had one where he literally didn't know the play. Not just <laughs> that he didn't know what side to go to to get the ball. He was going to block. He didn't know it was a run play. Yeah. Like he literally thought it was a pass play, and the quarterback got blown up because of it. And then he had a false start, which as a running back should never, ever happen and is rare in the league. Like to me, he is a rookie who has missed a lot of time. And you saw what missing a lot of time as a rookie does. To me, he is somebody that goes to the practice squad unless he's the best returner on the team or he's so crazy good that he's, you know, a Raheem Mostert on special teams in terms of being a gunner. That's the only way I can see him making the team in terms of as a running back. I think he's at the bottom of the list. All right. So then what does your list look like? Because we saw Raheem Mostert in this game, by the way, averaging 7.6 yards per carry. Like Raheem just, it's all he does is gash defenses for yards. Um, I mean, Jamichael Hasty looked pretty good in this game. Six carries, 55 yards, two touchdowns. Um, he's still, you know, he can make the guy miss. I don't know how great he is in pass protection, he hasn't had any more fumbles since I think he had one in the first game. I think it was the first game against the Chiefs. That's been an issue for him, but he hasn't fumbled since then. Do you think that he worms his way onto this team? I think as it sits now, he probably does. But, I mean, Kyle's made a big big thing about how he doesn't really get anything out of the preseason games. So the amount we're going to see is only a small fraction True. of what he's seen in practice. And this is something I think is, of all the positions out there, I think this is the one that's going to be decided in the next two weeks in practice by far, which running back ends up getting cut. And it's going to be about practice. Practice fumbles yeah. is going to be a big thing. And they're things that we don't get to see because practices are closed um, to the media and fans now. So it's going to be a decision that doesn't really have a whole lot to do with what we saw tonight, in my opinion, but hasty looked really good running very shifty. You have Gallman, who is by far the best blocking back on the team. Yes. And to me, he is the safest runner. You know what I mean? He, he's just a no-nonsense, goes and gets five yards every time. 
And then you have Sermon, who seems to be kind of in between, clearly the number two back. And every game he's been utilized as if he's number two in the depth chart. And then way above everybody else, in my opinion, is Raheem Mostert. He is very clearly the best yeah. runner on the team. Uh, he's likely the best receiver. We haven't really got, gotten to see the other uh, running backs in the receiving game a whole lot, but we know Mostert is quite good there. To yep. me, it is if Mostert is healthy, he is somebody that should be pretty close to a bell cow. He should be in almost every single play. But out of the other guys, I think it's between McCasty, Gallman, and Mitchell. And to me, Mitchell's behind right now. Now he has two weeks to catch up. Yeah. But he's behind. And I think that's a lot to do with the fact that he's a rookie who's missed, what, half the time due to injury? Yeah, that abductor injury. That's not a fun one. Um, Trey Sermon looked a lot better tonight, which I was really happy to see because I was kind of disappointed the first time we saw him. And I, he was actually specifically shouted out by offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel earlier this week, who said, hey, it's an adjustment. And basically, like, they've been really pounding it into his head. One cut and go. And we saw that from him tonight. He runs hard, Levin. I really like him as the, you know, the relief for Raheem Mostert. You got Mostert in there flying around. And then when everybody's all tired from chasing him, you bring in Trey Sermon, who's just going to grind people into the dirt. He looked really, really good. Uh, he ended up seven for 37, which is uh, f- almost five and a half yards a carry. Like my thought overarching for this game was like, it's all kind of coming together for the 49ers. Like it's all sort of happening almost like they drew it up. Right. The running back depth is, is phenomenal. All of them can succeed. This scheme obviously helps a lot. You know, put these guys on a mediocre run game. Who knows what they would actually end up looking like. But other than Goldman, who we saw with the Giants last year, do quite well, we don't really know what they would do in other systems. But for this system, they're all successful. And I think whichever one ends up cut would still be somebody that could have done something uh, with this team if he was given an opportunity. It's almost like the Jeff Wilson scenario that we've seen over the last couple of years where Jeff Wilson was cut and was put on the practice squad. And then when his name was called, because there were so many injuries multiple times, he came in and was a touchdown machine, you know, and it's a shame that he's hurt right now because he would probably be the number two, maybe the number three with this team. But it just goes to show you that there's a lot of depth there. And if you cut one guy and another team decides to pick him up and you can't get him on the practice squad, what are you really losing? Cause you have so many other guys. That's fair. Uh, that's fair. Um, I'm just looking at uh, some of the comments that are coming in. How about this one? I like this question. I can't even begin to pronounce. E. Dustish Man. I'm sorry. I'm terrible at reading names. Uh, do you think we can have a better? Well, go ahead. It's probably Edu Tishman. Right. Edu Tishman. Yeah. How crazy of me not Jeez. to see that immediately. See, I'm good with names now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, That that's true. What alternate universe have we gone in? Uh, do you think we can have a better defense than two years ago? On paper, it seems better. I see much depth. Hell yeah, there's much depth. This defensive line, and look, I know. I know the Raiders didn't dress a lot of people. They kind of, you know, they treated it as the final preseason game. That's fine. But we saw it this game, Levin. We saw it against the Chargers game. The 49ers defensive line moves the line of scrimmage. They're in the backfield constantly, and it's awesome. And I think it is deeper than 2019. Yeah, I mean, we haven't even seen Nick Bosa yet. Like, right. He literally hasn't played, and every single person with the Niners is saying, 
Bosa is even better than he was in 2019. Yep. And, you know, I, I said on our last podcast, the Bosa was a legitimate in defensive MVP candidate as a rookie, should have gotten more consideration. So if he's even better, like he, he's got to be one of the leading candidates for defensive MVP. And then you got more depth because, you know, in 2019, it was him and D Ford. And that was your pass rush from the outside. You know, Armstead got 10 and a half sacks, but he was getting a lot of them from the inside when he would slide inside on passing downs. But now you got uh, a bookum behind them. Like you got a lot more depth at on the outside than what they had in 2019. I think the inside has got just as much depth, if not more. And then you look at Fred Warner. Fred Warner was just emerging in 2019, whereas now I think he's almost unquestionable best linebacker in the league. Uh, I think he would win that vote in, in a pretty sizable way. The secondary, you could make a case the secondary is worse because the corners are probably a little bit of a step down, but I think the safeties are probably better. So it kind of makes up the secondary being to an equal level of 2019. I, I do think that you could see this defense be even better than 2019 statistically, and I think you could see that with the offense too. I'm so excited when we actually get to see everybody on the field. I think we've seen, too, this preseason, like, D'Amico Ryans is going to send some people. And you you mentioned that, too, because I talked about how I think he blitzed, like, or, or I should say Robert Sala blitzed, like, the eighth most of any defensive coordinator last year. And you pointed out immediately, like, yeah, if you send one extra dude, it's a blitz. But you can also send more than one extra guy. And D'Amico Ryans, like, when he decides he's going for it, he goes for it. And I think we're going to see that a lot, especially like you were talking about when you get all the horses in there. Yeah, I think he did it the very first play of the game on defense. He he sent, I think, seven people uh, after Peterman. Uh, yeah, I, I really want to see what this defense can do when they're more aggressive because they have people that can win one-on-one. You know, Boza's going to win, you know, one-on-two. <laughs> and the others can win one-on-one. So when you send an extra blitzer, there's not going to be help there. And we could really see that lead to a lot more turnovers, which is the one thing that this defense has been missing. They're not a big turnover defense. So getting those blitzes can make quarterbacks hurry even more and maybe lead to more turnovers, which would be huge. You know, that that, that wow. would be massive because that's giving the offense even more attempts, giving Kyle Shanahan more plays in a game. It's yeah, I agree. Like it's the team is set up to work together. Team is set up to pound the ball on the ground. Now, I I guess they're going to be rotating the quarterbacks in and out. One of the touchdown drives was over seven minutes, 75 yards. That's going to keep the defense fresh. So when they do do these blitzes, these guys are going to be jacked up full energy and they're just going to be flying all over the place. Um, I was just looking at Twitter while you were talking. Kyle Shanahan said he was very pleased with how Jaquiski Tart played. It sounds like he's going to make the team. I don't know if he's going to start because Talano Hufanga, like the more we see him, the better he looks. He's flying around out there. He's making plays. Um, You know, it's different, obviously, in the regular season when I think guys will kind of target him a little, especially because they know he's not the fastest runner. But, (laughs) oh, look at this comment from David. How sweet tasting will Seahawks tears taste when Hufanga has more sacks than Jamal Adams? All right, now, you may be jumping the gun there a little bit, David. I like the enthusiasm. But Hufanga's looked good. Yeah, he's looked great. Uh, arguably looked like the best rookie on the team. Uh, Trey Lance, obviously, people are excited for, but he he has shown yep. some rookie things there. Hufanga hasn't shown too much. I mean, his very first opportunity in the first preseason game, yeah, he took a bad angle 
Um, but other than that, he he's looked like a true starting caliber. And Kyle mentioned that he has a chance to start. I don't, I don't know what they're going to do with that other safety position. I, of all the starting positions on the team, that's probably the biggest question mark. Like we're pretty confident now Jimmy is going to be the starter and all the other starting positions are pretty much well-known. Yeah. That strong safety position is very much in the air and it's not just between two people like Tavon Wilson has a chance. I, I would think that's less likely after what you saw tonight. Yeah. Kind of the hierarchy of who got in when, but that could have just been, they wanted to get the rookie in there more and see more of the rookie who knows, but you could also see a rotation going in there, which I think would be kind of interesting. We're just going to rotate everybody. It's going to be a free-for-all. Um, Kyle Shanahan said, uh, by the way, I'm just looking at some of the post-game quotes. The Trey Lance, I don't know if you saw this, Levin. He, he was holding his finger after a follow-through. He hit it on somebody's yeah. helmet. He said he jammed it on his follow-through, but it didn't appear to be serious, so that's good. Uh, Jimmy, uh, excuse me, Kyle also said he won't reveal his starting quarterback, but that everybody has you know, a good idea of what's going to happen. He doesn't want to announce it today. Uh, Cam Inman said, I'd guess perhaps tomorrow, perhaps later in the week, perhaps next week. Uh, it doesn't really matter. I think, I think what we've seen tonight is like, who cares who's starting? What the real question is, how often is he rotating Trey Lance in there? That's going to be the question because like, it, it, there's going to be a weird point where like, if he keeps throwing Lance in there, eventually it's going to be like Lance's team. It's going to be like, what's Jimmy doing in here? <laughs> it, I mean, it can go a lot of ways. A lot of it, like I said, is going to be about when a bigger play happens. You know, if there's a big negative play, like an interception, yeah. does he bench that guy for the rest of the game? You know what I mean? That's why a two-quarterback system is so difficult because if somebody has a really bad play, you kind of want to bench them for the rest of the game. But if you do that, they get destroyed confidence-wise, and it's really hard to come back from that because it's hard to get your rhythm back. You know, that's yeah. what I was saying. Every quarterback's a rhythm quarterback. So it would be interesting to see what Kyle would do in the scenario where there's a bad interception with either one of them, because if you just bench them for the rest of the game, that, that's just really not smart. If you're wanting to then count on them the next game. But I did have this thought tonight uh, more in the lead up to the game. And especially after watching the game and the rotating, whoever the quarterback is, I think this team has a very good shot of setting the team record for points, which I think is uh, 505 back Whoa. in the 94 team. Wow. They were close to it in 2019. You're telling me this offense isn't better than 2019? I think it is. It could be. Uh, I'm trying to look that up real quick. I think the receivers are better. You had a rookie Debo, and then you added Emmanuel Sanders halfway through the season. Those are pretty much the only notable receivers that you had. This year, you're starting with Ayuk and a non-rookie Debo. Plus, I think I, I like the depth behind the top two more than I liked it in 2019. You still have George Kittle. You still have the dominant run game. And you still have Jimmy Garoppolo, who, if healthy, should be playing at 2019 levels at least. And if he falters, you have Trey Lance. So you have better depth at the most important position. That's fair. Um, I think if if the rotation works the way they want to, they're going to be much more effective in the red zone. That was really something that kind of crystallized for me tonight. Just the amount of creative stuff. I mean, you only have to get the linebackers to freeze for a second in the red zone. And then you have the advantage. And the 49ers can do so many things with Hurd, Hurd, with Debo. And, I mean, we've seen George Kittle get tight end sweeps, not to mention all the crazy stuff they do with Juszczyk, with the way he, like, sets up like he's going to block and then spins around and goes the other direction. Like, they might be able to end so many more of their red zone possessions with touchdowns 
with runs and not have to risk Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance throwing an interception in the red zone, which how many red zone turnovers did we see from this team last year? That could really, if, if they're going to go after that scoring record, that's going to be how they do it. Right. And that, that's the biggest reason why they would be able to set it because they were mediocre in the red zone in 2019. And that is a very big factor in how good your offense is. If you look at the top offenses, most years, the top offenses are all highly effective in the red zone. Yep. So the Niners in that way in 2019 were a little bit of an anomaly because they were second in points, but they were only mediocre in the red zone. So if Trey Lance is able to really play in the red zone and that's really the way they go, that alone, even if Jimmy Garoppolo plays the rest of the time, would be enough to push towards that record that the 94 team set. And you know you got to think about it in this terms. With the extreme speed Mostert has, how the yeah. heck do you defend an option play with Trey Lance and Mostert? Like you got to get to the bear to the the inline and get to the outside if Mostert is running a potential outside run. You have got to sprint there, and if Trey Lance sees that, he can just keep the ball and cut straight up and get you know the five yards or whatever to punch it in. He, and he's there got were strength there as a as a quarterback too. So. It's not like he can't hit a guy at the one and push his way in. Absolutely. And there were a couple of plays where Lance gave the ball to the runner, but the backside was wide open. Yeah. I want to bring in Kyle Posey here. What's up, KP? Nice hat. <laughs> He's got the straw, the giant straw hat on. I like it. Thanks for hopping in. Of course, man. What are we, what are we talking about? What did I miss? Well, you missed basically our thoughts on everything, but we were specifically just now talking about the red zone. <laughs> I mean, the red zone, like that possession where Trey Lance runs it in, that's Kyle's dream, right? Fake with the receiver on the end around, fake to the running back, and then Trey keeps it like you're putting linebackers in a box right there. Yeah, if you watch their second-level defenders, I think three of them went the wrong direction. And <laughs> that was the case for, I, I think it was, like two other run plays where they just they have no idea who has the ball. When you have no idea who has the ball and quarterback runs a 4-5, and then you have probably Debo is hurt in that situation. So a 4-3 guy, I know he didn't run it, but everybody knows he's faster than what he ran. And then, of course, you have Raheem Mostert, who's like one of the fastest ball carriers in the NFL. That's going to be tough, man. Like that is going to be really hard for a defense to defend, especially in the red zone, because if you take a wrong step against these guys, especially, you're doomed. So, yeah, it's going to be fun, man. I, I don't know how you take Lance off the field in the red zone. Were you surprised at how they used the quarterbacks tonight? Because it wasn't just like, okay, we're in the red zone, bring in Trey. It was basically like, bring in Trey whenever the hell we want. Yeah, it was almost like pull a play out of the hat. Oh, play number four? All right, let's get him in there, <laughs> second and ten. Uh, play number seven? All right, let's put Jimmy back in. There was no real rhyme or reason. So it was probably intentional. It was probably just to throw them all off or both quarterbacks off and just get them out of rhythm, which is kind of weird to say out loud. But – I mean, it didn't seem to affect him totally. I will say, though, that once Lance was playing just solely, it seemed like he was in a better rhythm. But that's going to be anybody, you would imagine. So I guess that's not really saying much at all. Did you think that Lance, like I thought he looked better when he was his show and he wasn't rotating in and out. But I was just saying 11, like his accuracy, I'm starting to get a little worried now because he missed some throws badly. Yeah, that's who he is, honestly. And that's who he was in North Dakota State. Sure, he's getting better as a quarterback, but to expect his accuracy to improve just kind of overnight because it's what it's been like a month since they've had training camp. 
feels like it's uh, just a little short-sighted. So, yeah, sure. I, I mean, there's plenty of reason to be worried, but his accuracy among all the top four quarterbacks who, you know, outside of, I guess, even five, we want to include Trevor Lawrence, like it was the clear-cut worst, and it wasn't particularly close. So we shouldn't really be surprised by this because this is who he is. Um, I, I imagine Shanahan's just going to live with the occasional miss when he's giving you an opportunity like the herd drop, like the Travis Benjamin DPI that we probably don't see from number 10. Yeah. The one thing I did like about it, and thanks to Levin for hopping in, uh, appreciate him jumping on, is the one thing I liked was that they give the play to the quarterback coming in, like Kyle just tells him on the sideline. And then so he just runs right in. He doesn't have to like hear it in his helmet as he's coming in and then relay it in the huddle. Like it's going to make everything easier if they really do want to go to a rotation like they did tonight. Yeah, I'm just I'm not sure. I don't know. I guess the real question is why? Why would you do that? What like what is the benefit? Um, You want to get your guys in rhythm. And it seemed like even Jimmy, like Jimmy looked like he was starting to build a rhythm and then yanked. So. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what what the point is. Of course, it's preseason, so that's they're just tinkering with things. They're playing around with things just to see how it looks and how players react and whatnot. But it would be really bizarre. He Did you catch him at halftime when he said, probably not, when asked about is a QB rotation smart to do during the regular season? No. Who said that, Jimmy or uh, Kyle? Kyle Shanahan. He smirked and was like, ha put like his typical laugh. Ha-ha, probably not. <laughs> huh. uh, so, yeah, that that makes me think that you know, the Lions are just going to have to over-prepare for something that's not going to happen. Well, because I was saying when, when I came on initially, like, what the Niners did tonight with that rotation, that's going to be what the national media is talking about tomorrow when they talk about what happened this week in the preseason because they're going to be like, holy crap, can they do it? How do you prepare for it? Like, that is going to be a huge national narrative this week. Yeah, and that's going to be an entire team period, I imagine, for the Detroit Lions defense that they have to prepare for. And then they're going to roll out week one, and Jimmy's going to play like the first four series. So (laughs) great job, Detroit. Yeah, it's good coaching for Shanahan. And, you know, first of all, the the Raiders, it was seemed like their second and third team on that. Yeah. So, I mean, there wasn't really anything to gain, which is why Trent Williams, George Kittle, Alex Mack, they each played one series. There's really no reason for them to play. I uh, ran through a bunch of the bigger questions with Levin, but I want to get your take on him as well. Uh, Jalen Hurd, clearly they tried to feature him. Uh, I didn't see anything that really blew me away to justify Kyle's love for this guy. What did you think? you think he's on the team? Yeah, and only, it's because of the last thing you said. If he loves somebody, he's going to keep him. Yep. I think he has a tendency to have blinders, which every coach does. He's gonna, he, But he has a soft spot for Hurd just because of his mentality, just because of what he can do for him, just because he can run the ball and he can be that big slot over the middle. But as we saw, I mean, if you're not making those tough catches, what are you really bringing to the table? It seemed like the plays that Hurd was open, and even it, when Lance did not hit him, um, that essentially anybody could do that. He was just schemed open. It wasn't really something that you know Hurd did on his own. But – I mean, he's a big guy. He can run. You can give him the jet sweep, especially near the red zone, near the goal line. So, I mean, it gives him an option that they don't have because he is a much better runner than Juwan Jennings and probably anybody outside of Ayuk and Samuel for the wide receiver. So I can see why, you know, Shanahan wants her to be the guy that he drafted him to be, but it's going to be a work in progress. I just wonder, you know, 
when if if he's gonna because he's gonna be the sixth receiver or fifth receiver at that, but um, if that's the case, like when are you gonna feature him during the game? Like what is his role going to be on right. offense? You're not going to draw up a play for a herd based on the herd that we've seen during the preseason. And yeah. obviously this was the only example for the majority of people, but um, you're not going to take the ball away from Ayuk. You're not going to take the ball away from Debo. You're not going to take the ball away from Kittle to give her to touch. Sherfield seems like the guy that they need to be freaking featuring honestly. Right. Uh, he's really, really good. Um, what about the running back position? I thought Jermichael Hasty looked pretty good. We haven't seen the fumbling issues that have come up. I mean, he certainly made his case tonight to make the team. Yeah, man. Hasty is a quick little jitterbug who just finds green grass, it seems like. And whenever there's a rushing lane, he makes the most of it. Between him and Elijah Mitchell, because that's another guy who looked good. He had the false start, and I think he went the wrong way on one yeah, play. Yeah, he did. Um, <laughs> that, I, wonder how, I wonder if he was just so excited that he knew he was going to get the ball, knowing uh, damn well Trey's not going to pull it because he has that electric collar on him. But um, <laughs> I think he just got a little over – you know, over himself on that one. But I think between those two, you have some really, really electric runners because Mitchell's really fast. And what you saw today was he can build up that speed and run a dude over. Which oh, really he blasted crazy. somebody in the hole. Yeah, that uh, was fun. How about this question from Larry? When the cuts come out on Tuesday, do you think there will be any surprises? Hmm. I, don't, I guess it, it would – what qualifies as a surprise is the question because I really don't think so. I think it's going to be pretty cut and dry. Yeah. I'm going to try, I'm going to work on a 53 man projection. And I think two quarterbacks would be a little bit of a surprise. Would you say? I would be surprised if Kyle does it. I think he should do it. Uh, but I agree. Like he seems to like to keep three, which means yay, more Nate Sudfeld. <laughs> no. So that's my thing. I, my surprise would be that, he does keep two quarterbacks. We mm. don't see anything or any type of rotation that we saw today. And, I mean, well, if both of them go down, you have much bigger problems than fielding Nate Sudfield. Uh, I think <laughs> they're going to keep um, – hmm, is, like, is Dante Johnson going to make the team? No, but he'll probably be back at some point. Right. Not That's a dumb question. Yeah, it doesn't matter because on September 16th, he'll be back. So Somebody will get hurt. Right. <laughs> um, how about this? Because I you talked about this player. This question from Julian. Despite the interception, I don't think HaHa Clinton Dix looked good in coverage. Does he make the team? He, you had said previously, like, he was not looking really good. He did have the pick tonight. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I don't, I don't think he does. I don't know how you justify him over uh, Hufanga, Tart. Um, yeah. You have Jimmy Ward, obviously. So I, I'm not sure why you would. The interception that he had was thrown like 20 miles or 20 yards over the receiver's head. Nathan it was a Peterman classic. Special. Yeah, it was a classic <laughs> Nate Peterman. That's what it is. It was one for the old times from Nate Peterman. That's what that yeah. was. But I mean, he. There are times where he just looks like a little lost in coverage, and uh, he just kind of freelances and does his own thing. And for what D'Amico Ryan's does as a defensive coordinator. You can't have that. It seems like everybody's so well coached that I wouldn't really risk that with yeah. Ha. Um, I, I'm always going to bring this up. I just wish Tarverius Moore was here, so <laughs> we didn't have to have these type of conversations. Yeah. But it's going to be Tavon Wilson. It's going to be Tart. It's going to be Ward, and then it's going to be Hufanga. And I don't think there's a real reason to keep another safety just yeah. because you have Marcel Harris, who's going to make the roster. How about this? And oh, I'm sorry, my bad. I clicked on the wrong one. This question from Nick 
Injuries-wise, is this about as good as we could have hoped for the preseason heading into the regular season? I mentioned it. Travis Benjamin did have a concussion. Obviously, that's terrible. But especially compared with what we've seen recently, I feel like they're in a pretty good spot heading into the regular season. If you told me that this is where they would be three weeks ago, I would have said, yes, I'll take it. Right. So no starter is hurt. Right? Like, everybody is healthy. Everybody's pretty much good to go. You have D Ford, who didn't play. Nick Bosa, who didn't play. They're, they've been essentially in bubble wrap, as yeah. they should be. Uh, I mean, Ayuk was one. hurt, but I don't think it's serious, right. right? So, maybe not. So, he had the ham. Remember, almost exactly this time last year, he had the hamstring strain, and mm. that lingered into week one that caused him the week one. So, we'll see. Shanahan said he'll be back next week. So, I mean, we'll see if that's just coach speak or we'll see if he's actually on the field. Yeah. But, I mean, there's no doubt Ike would be a big loss if he can't play week one. But, again, it's the freaking Lions, man. And even if they don't have Ike, if they can't beat the Lions, with Ayuk, <laughs> then, uh, we got bigger problems. Oh, I'm I'm just throwing this out to cause trouble. Paul Perryman, any chance they trade Jimmy Garoppolo before the opener? <laughs> he left on a great note. If so, they'd have to get a backup in return unless we pick up Nick Mullins. Paul what are you trying to do, man? What are you yep. trying to do to us right here? They're, the, <laughs> the only way that they would have traded Jimmy before the opener is if Lance would have hit all these passes that people are complaining about that were high. Um, yeah. If he would have just given – I mean, if he would have just made it a no contest, no decision, that, oh, there, there's no denying that he gives the 49ers the best chance. And it would be objective across the board. You would see nobody comment like, no, what do you mean? They would, it'd be hands down. He would be the guy. So – um, if that were to happen or if there would have been a significant quarterback injury where somebody from another team would come calling and neither of those things happened. So Jimmy's going to be on the team and Kyle Shannon's probably going to name him the starter sooner than later. And if he doesn't, then he's just a master troll. So. <laughs> yeah, he kind of I think he kind of likes doing that. Um, all right. We've been out here for about an hour. So before we wrap up, I would just want to give you the opportunity. Was there anything else that jumped out from you tonight that you want to mention before we go? Uh, defensive line again. That's what I said. They're unbelievable, KP. They have just unreal. So Zach Kerr started four games for the Panthers last year. He played a lot for the Panthers, and he's like 10, 11, 12th in the rotation on this defensive line, just to give you an idea of like how deep they are. They are loaded. And I think another part of the defense that stood out is just they have a track team, man. Everybody yeah. flies around, and you can see it. I, they're just so well coached that they don't make mistakes. The one play early on, the slot fade that Lenore gave up. Yep. You'll live with that. Like, is that's not sustainable? If if somebody's going to beat you on slot fades twenty seven <laughs> yards down the field over and over and over, you'll take that because outside of that, there was really nothing doing until like the fourth quarter when you know the game was pretty much the game didn't matter anymore. But yeah, I think the defense is going to be better than I anticipated. I think Ryan's style of play calling is best suited because it just makes the defense so much more aggressive where I think mm. Salah was tar- starting to trend that way, but they were still a little passive as far as, you know, sitting back in zone. And just when you don't blitz, you don't, you know, you know, you have help, you know, you have guys next to you that you don't have to, I don't want to see be on your toes as much, but when you, when you don't have to worry about that, when you ha- only have one man to cover, you're locked in all the way. And of course the pass rush is going to make a big difference. So I think this defense is going to be again. Everyone, when I whenever we talk about the defense, people say 2019. Here we come! Like that's <laughs> that's not fair. That's right. not real life. Um, just be better than last year because they were really freaking good last year. If they're if the defense is better than last yeah. year, then that would be really impressive. So I, I'm just excited to see how he uses Ford and Bosa, and then just 
them kicking people in the teeth essentially all game. Are they going to – you think they move one of these D-linemen? Lynch went on KMBR this week and said, hey, a lot of people are calling. Um, you know, I don't know who they're going to have to cut or how many they're planning on keeping. Do you think we see a, a trade? Because God knows they could use a draft pick. Yeah, they could. But who are you going to trade, I think, is a real question. So there's guys that maybe are buried on the depth chart like a Kevin Givens, but he's been in the league like one or two years. So you you don't want to trade your young guys because they can right. blossom somewhere else. And again, the, we are talking about the 49ers. They are one injury away from not yeah. having any defensive depth. So <laughs> I'm I'm not budging or I'm not moving any of these guys, man. I think you can make an argument that all of these guys should play. And when you can make that type of argument, then there's there's no point. And, and again, you have to think a lot of these guys are on one year deals, too. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, if I knew this is where they were going to be after three weeks, I would be pretty happy. Uh, I wish Trey was the starting quarterback, but, you know, that's not happening at least right away. But right now, the 49ers look to be in a pretty good spot. All the preseason games are done. We're almost there. Record prediction before we get out of here. Based on everything you've seen during the preseason, which definitely matters and should influence your decision. I said earlier this off season because Michelle made me make my make a prediction on her podcast. Uh, I said eleven. So what is that now? Eleven and six. Um, after watching the preseason, I, I'm going to put it right there because I think that they could lose to anybody, especially the board Jimmy plays. Um, so I think they <laughs> they might lose a game they should win. Like Michelle is convinced that they're going to lose the Eagles game in week two. Um, <sighs> But I also, terrible. I know she's, she's high on them. Um, but I also think that they could beat anybody. Right. So like, I think they'll probably lose a game. They should have win and win a game. They, you might've thought they were going to lose. So I think I'll stick with 11. What about you? Same. And I had them winning 11 games. I still think that's the case. That's not going to be the best case scenario, obviously, because they can, yeah. they have a last place schedule and they are really going to benefit from that. Yes. Especially early on in the season. Um, I just think that they're going to win 11. Just It's the NFL, man. They're going to get every team's best shot. Everybody's yep. going to want to come for Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo because they're going to be on TV every week, and we're always going to be discussing who plays, who plays. So um, I think they're going to get every team's best shot. And with that in mind, they're inevitably going to lose a game that they shouldn't. I think 2019 when they lost to the Falcons. Like oh. Perhaps there's going to be a guy who goes down who is important, and that's going to cost them a game. It's probably not going to matter in the grand scheme of things, but I think 11 wins. and. If you're mad about an 11-win season, I'm not sure what we're doing. Right. By the way, week 15, Atlanta, again, coming to Levi's late in the year. Like I could, I, I feel like they always play the Falcons at home late in the year. And usually it's like a tougher game than you feel like it should be. Watch, watch, them, uh, watch them win 12 or 13 games and lose to the Texans. Oh, God, don't even joke about it. They got to play <laughs> Tennessee on a short week before that. I hate that spot. Christmas. But uh, – yeah, it's uh, it's going to be – I think it's going to be a fun year. Um, I, I think that this team is more built to sustain injuries than any team we've seen in the Shanahan era. And, God, can we just get a little bit of luck on that side one time and see what we actually have here? But uh, Julian says the Vegas over-under for the Niners is still 10.5. I would take the over and feel over, really good. Over. Yeah. If they win 10 games they they probably suffered more injuries than we anticipated. Yeah. And the the growing pains from either Jimmy or Trey were greater than we anticipated. 
And there's more variance than we thought on the defensive side of the ball, too. By the way, last I checked with Michelle on Friday, Trey Lance was plus 1,600, I think, to win Rookie of the Year. I mean, it's not a crazy bet. Yeah. Who's so obviously he's going to be in a great situation, which that's how you make those type of bets. Like who's going to be surrounded by the most talent. And I don't know who has a better argument than that guy. And Justin Fields is going to be on the bench because Chicago are idiots. So there you go. All right, KP, thank you very much. Thanks, everybody, for watching. If you haven't done it already, subscribe to the Niners Nation YouTube page. Also, subscribe to the Niners Nation podcast feed. Subscribe everywhere, damn it. You don't want to miss anything. Enjoy the uh, time off now. Get all your crap done because Sundays in the fall are going to be taken up by football. KP, thanks to you. Have a good night, everybody. 